I'm Bryony Kennedy and you're listening to the Beauty, Business and Babies podcast brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. In the last 10 years of building Adorn Cosmetics, having three children and advocating for more ethical beauty standards in the beauty industry, I've become intimately aware of what it's like to wrestle with the different areas of my life. Every fortnight, I'll share the tears and triumphs that I experienced when starting my ethical conscious beauty company, dealing with depression and caring for my children. My hope is that you'll grow to know it's okay to have imperfect days, that you are not alone in feeling like a mess and that you'll be inspired to commit to small but bold actions each and every day. Welcome back to another episode of Beauty, Business and Babies brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. I'm joined by Michelle from The Peers Project, our producers, and together we're diving into the concept of self-love and how we can create a healthier relationship with ourselves. Yes. Oh, I love this. You know, before we were talking about how much both of you and I kind of respect and love relationships. And so this episode is all about, you know, that relationship with ourselves, you know. And so I think... So many of us treat ourselves as our worst enemy. Mm. You know, we think such horrible, you know, things about ourselves and we constantly neglect our needs and Mm -hmm. we put everyone else first, you know. So I can't wait to learn more about kind of your own struggle with negative talk and self-doubt. But firstly, how would you define self-love? I think self-love is being realistic about the expectations you have of yourself and understanding and appreciating and respecting that it's okay to be perfectly imperfect. That's what the world go that's how the world goes around, how boring if we're all the same and all perfect. So I think self-love is about acceptance and it's definitely not about, okay, well I can't love myself unless I'm a size eight with gorgeous silky hair and I've got 20 friends. Like it's not, that's not what it's about. It's about accepting that you're lucky to be here. I mean, the chances of being born are are one in a gazillion for a start. So it's an actual miracle that you're even here. To be continuing to breathe every day is a privilege. To age is is a massive privilege. And I think it's all to me about self-love. And I don't think that uh, that comes naturally for most people. And I do think that's an evolution of your growth as a person and how much you're committed to learning to like yourself and committing to like yourself. I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, so many of us struggle with this piece so much. And so I guess... I want to do a bit of a deep dive into your kind of progression. You know, you said it it takes time and it's taken time for Mm. you to get to this place. So, you know, I feel like, you know, that negative self-talk really starts when we're in our teenage years. You know, was this the same for you? Was it, you know, what was your relationship like with yourself when you were a teenager? Oh, look, I don't think it was a very good one. Um, I mean, I never got myself into situations I couldn't get out of, but I probably uh, didn't appreciate myself at all. Um, There was definitely, you know, uh, which it's unfortunate that some girls go through this where they have, you know, body self-esteem issues. And for me, I definitely, definitely did. I just remember being 
starving all the time and wanting to eat all the time, which is probably completely normal when you're growing. Um, but but what came with that was me just feeling that I was overweight, but he wasn't. And I ended up having uh, bulimia for a while there. Um, and so, uh, you know, to have that obviously had very bad self-esteem issues. And, you know, for me to sort of go down that path, I realised, wow, this is just, you're prepared to do this to yourself all because of the way you know, you feel that you look. So, you know, there was definitely that. Um, I think that I didn't necessarily have any guidance around what I could be doing or what was available to me in life. So I felt that maybe I wasn't worthy of anything. I didn't know if there was anything. I, I think I just had a very sheltered, and it's it's no one's fault in particular, but I just didn't feel that I had a purpose or there was anything to aim for. So I started to probably hang around people that I shouldn't. Um, you know, I always committed to my schoolwork, but then I would beat myself up if I didn't understand something. And then I would think I was stupid. And, you know, if I didn't understand something as easy as my peers did, then, you know, I would be really upset and cry about it. Um, you know, I remember crying because I didn't know what I wanted to be. Uh, you know, like I felt like, you know, to, to be someone of importance, I had to have a title, I had to be something, or I had to go to uni to study something specific. Um, I had to stand for something to be relevant. And I think that that's come from an era where parents and grandparents didn't have a lot of opportunity and then all of a sudden there's opportunity and, of course, they're pushing their children to take advantage of these opportunities, granted, and I get that. And But I think also there's a, a double-edged sword with that, that with, with all of the opportunity that's available, it becomes quite overwhelming that you feel that you've got to be involved or I have to travel and I have to go to uni and I and all these have to's and titles and and things that you subject yourself to is overwhelming because you feel that if you don't stand for something then you're not worthy and that to me has been the negative flip side of all the opportunity that we're presented especially now like I, I you know I feel for kids now where you know they're seeing so much I can only imagine what goes through their minds as to what not only opportunities, but they're seeing visually more than they've ever seen. And so, you know, it's, they've got this, I've got to be someone, I've got to have a certain amount of money and I've got to have the aesthetics, you know, and, and to me, I think that's, yes, it's great that we live in a world that's full of all different types of communication. But for me as a teenager, I know that, you know, the opportunities that presented themselves, but not kind of knowing where to go with that, um, and and not knowing what my purpose was, was very, very hard on me. And I think what would have been great was to know that I didn't actually have to have a purpose. I could have many and that that would evolve with experience. And it would have been great to know that, you know, take on as many experiences as you can and it will just fall into place. You don't just always wake up and have an epiphany that this is what you want to be or this is what you want to do. So definitely not a confident person when I was younger. Um, I definitely struggled with, you know, obviously an eating uh, disorder for a little while that I managed to get myself out of, um, you know, low self-esteem and, and things like that. And, you know, even just relationships with with 
boys, you know, you know, the, the rejection and the all of that. Oh my God, it's a whole new episode, <laughs> I reckon, isn't it? The- oh my goodness. Oh. oh no, and I I just couldn't agree more. I think it's so many of us have that experience in our teenage years and we're trying to figure it all out. And mm. I think you just pinpointed it so well around the more opportunities doesn't always, you know, it's double-edged sword, like mm. so grateful, but at the same time, so much expectation. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, how can we start, you know, for those of us, even maybe who've kind of progressed in life, but still feel that expectation, you know, and then that leads to the negative thoughts and the negative self-doubt, you know, how can we kind of break that down and just almost recognize it, but not internalize it? I think you have to look at why you be brutally honest with yourself and ask why you want or think you want. And most of the time you think you want something that you don't actually want. So why do you actually think you want that job or is it because of the title? Is it because you can then tell someone how much money you're making? Um, You know, why do you want to live in that suburb? Do you actually even really like that suburb or is it just because it sounds good? Um, So I think you have to be very honest with yourself about why you think you want the things you do. And if you can be honest with yourself, I think that just all falls into place after that because you're then letting go of the expectations that you feel you've got to meet to be valid to other people. And, you know, I know that for myself, um, I probably felt when I was younger that, you know, I, I probably wasn't supported by my father. He came from a generation where you just went to work and whatever. Um, And so I think for me, I always felt like I had to go over and above to be recognised for anything. So I had to to almost do something that was overachieving or I felt like, oh, I've got to do all these amazing things just to be recognised because basic everyday stuff doesn't give me any love or, or or any recognition. I'm not even noticed. Like I'm just a just a thing that just lives and exists. Um, so for me, not having that sort of affection and and I think a parent that was interested in me probably pushed me to feel that I had to do all these things to be interesting and to be relevant and to stand out and to be noticed. And so um, I think you you need to look at those relationships you've had with people, maybe your parents, and your parents do your best, their best. Like there's nothing, you know, we, we do, and I'm a parent now myself, I'm, I'm sure I don't make always the, the right decisions. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm conscious that my parents did their best with what they could, with what they knew and their experiences with their parents. So I think it's okay to look back and go, okay, am I – subjecting myself to this because of experiences I've had. Maybe, um, you know, it's an attention that I'm wanting. Maybe I feel like I have to do that to be recognised. So look at those things and then look at, yeah, again, why you, why is it that you want what you want now? And accept that, you know what, people are going to love you for you, not your title and not how much money you make. And I can 
sure as shit promise you when you leave this earth, unless you're a real egomaniac, your tombstone ain't going to say that you were some marketing guru <laughs> that earned a million dollars a year and you drove a, a Porsche client. <laughs> like, it ain't going to say that. So you can't That's take so that true. stuff with you. So I think that if you, you need to search for that contentment. And again, it's about accepting yourself, liking yourself, committing to liking yourself and committing to the things that you really like doing. And I, I think for so many years, didn't know what I wanted to do. So I committed to taking on as many experiences as I could. I committed to saying no, when I didn't want to do something as uncomfortable as that was, it's gotten so easy now. I'm like, nah, <laughs> not doing it. Just Too not bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so there's, so I, but I'm quite comfortable with that now. So it's, it's definitely, um, you know, accepting accepting yourself. And I think that commitment, again, as we've talked about in so many episodes, it's committing to yourself and not committing to others, what you think other expectations are. Uh, it's it's just, you know, if you want to live in a, a house in Cockatoo with the trees, so be it. Why are you trying to buy a house in Brighton if that's not, like, honestly, do the things you want to do and then amazing things will happen to you. Amazing people will come into your life because collectively they will be the people that are drawn to the same things as you and it becomes effortless. How awesome is your life when it becomes effortless? The people around you are effortless. The communication's effortless. The bonding is effortless. You know, going out for a meal becomes effortless because you're all enjoying the same things. Why do you think we we can get so caught up by the status or the look or the suburb or the car we need to drive, you know, why do you, why do you think that happens? Well, I think it's because people don't feel that they're um, interesting enough, you know, that their, their substance within themselves is not substantial enough to gain someone's interest or, you know, it's easy to show and not tell, isn't it? Um, it's it's a bit like what we were talking about before with influencers. It's very good to show the, the glossy section of your house that you've tidied with an inch of its life, <laughs> but the rest of the house looks dishevelled. Um, so it's easy to put that image up and then safely in your mind have a projection of, of who you want everyone to think you are, but to actually divulge who you really are is confrontational. Maybe you won't even like it yourself. Um, and the fear of not being liked and rejected is too big for some people. So that, you know, just to be able to turn up in the car and and I've got nothing against flashy cars because I do <laughs> yeah, have a nice yeah. car myself, but that's because I bloody well wanted it. Um, <laughs> not because I give a shit what anyone thinks about it. But yeah. you know, and so that's okay to have nice things too, but genuinely because you want it and you don't you don't care about what people think. So I'm not saying that you have to be driving around in a bolt, you know, a Volkswagen <laughs> that's got two tires missing, like to be valid, but truly do things that that are meaningful and I think that to put the facade on is easier because that's what you want people to see. Maybe you've been hurt before, maybe you've made a lot of shitty decisions and you're just over it, uh, maybe you're building up a wall because you're just so sick of the hurt, maybe you just don't even like yourself and to admit that you don't like yourself means you have to change and you're not ready to do that. There's, I just think there's so many different reasons um, and, of course, there's probably people who are just egomaniacs that just are shallow and don't care. They're just happy to, to, to be that way. Power to you if that's the life you want to live too. Mm. When when do you think the, that moment was for you where you kind of thought, wow, I've 
I've got to start to love myself. You know, you kind of talked about you, the struggles in your teenage years, the the, the bulimia, the, you know, and then mm. heading into your 20s. Like, when was that moment? Was, was it a distinct moment? Mm. And and if not, you know, when was it that you kind of knew and felt like you'd gotten to a place where you actually kind of thought, oh, I'm not that bad? Yeah. There's two, two moments for me. One mm. was a distinct moment and the other was probably a thought process. One was around aesthetics and the other one was about uh, who I am as as a person. So the first one um, was I was working in the gym industry at the time and I think I might have been about 19 or 20 um, and I was extremely obsessed with my eating habits and my gym routine to the point that, you know, I was almost measuring my food and, you know, I, if I didn't go to the gym and I caught up with someone for lunch, I'd almost not hear anything they said because of the guilt of not going to the gym. gym. Um, so, you know, it became what was a passion to an obsession and I think that's very unhealthy. And I just remember walking on the treadmill and, you know, I was really conscious of wanting skinnier legs. That was my thing at the time. And I was just freaking exhausted from all of this expectation on myself. I was like, I am just over this. I am ex- this expectation you have of yourself is your expectation, no one else's. It's exhausting. And I just remember walking on the treadmill thinking, if you were told right now that this body is as good as it gets, is that okay? Like, or are you. Or are you going to to sulk about this? Like what if you were told that no amount of change to your diet and exercise was going to do anything? This is the body you have right now. Are you going to live the rest of your life finding other ways or, or are you just going to go, you know what, okay, I'm, I'm cool with this? I mean, who are you to be worrying about how many inches your legs are when there's people out there that don't freaking have any. And and this was a conversation I actually had with myself and I thought, yeah, I'm if I am an able-bodied person and I'm and I'm stuck with the body, which mind you was a bloody good body back then and still <laughs> is. Oh well thanks, but I was a nineteen year old's probably a bit firmer back then. But anyway. <laughs> um but you know I thought, yeah, I'm I am i am cool with this. And and it was such a um a relief because I just felt that exhaustion lift. And I, it's not to say that there's been moments from then where I've been a bit oh goodness me or you know got a bit, bit of extra skin from having twins or but I very quickly get over it because I remind myself is if this is as good as it gets are you going to wallow in this is this what your life is is your life about your physical appearance because briny if it is you're a really shallow individual I'll be that hard with myself and so there was that and so for me I worked very hard from that moment on to accept and have that dialogue with myself if this is good as it gets briny are you going to accept it or are you going to turn into a, a nasty miserable sack of shit that no one wants to be around because all you care about is your weight uh, no you don't so you need to find other interests and other things that make you happy. The other for me was um, when I had my twins and I and I got uh, the depression and I think there's twofold. One, because I had a, a hyperemesis, which is where you are so gravely ill you can't even breathe without being sick. So I was bedridden 
for that whole pregnancy. So I think that in itself is enough to cause depression for someone. Um, and that's why I, my heart breaks for people who are in isolation because it, it does it, it does have a real impact. So that isolation definitely drove me to that and also then having twins and, and being a high-functioning control freak around what should be done and when to have two babies not doing what I wanted them to do when I wanted them to do it was a massive shock to my uh, psyche and to my my spirituality and just to my daily expectations. So, you know, all of that led me to deep despair and depression and that took me a long time and it was and it's and it was quite a few years of me having a conscious conversation with myself but the conversation started and continued as such and it was that i said to myself your expectations about how you're acting and reacting because i would get depressed when something didn't turn out the way my expectations so whether I, I couldn't have a clean house or whether I the the kids, the babies were crying and I'm like, well, you're now a failure at that too. And you didn't even get dinner done, so you're a failure at that. It was all that high expectation, not meeting those high expectations. So the only thing that comes from that is feeling fail, that you failed. And so I was just exhausted feeling like a constant failure. I was exhausted feeling that I couldn't fix myself. It's like, why can't you just snap out of being this way? This is just bullshit. Like you're just a wreck. Like who would even want to be friends with you? And I would tell my husband to leave me because I was just like, you didn't marry this. Like I, I'm cool with you going because I, I I get I get that this is not what you married. Like I am a disaster. Um and so I just thought this is just so exhausting being so pessimistic and so down on myself, all because I am selfishly imposing such ridiculously perfect expectations on myself that I actually started to tell myself off. I was like, who the hell do you freaking will think you are that you are that perfect or that you could be that perfect? Like, honestly, that is just so egotistical. It's so selfish. And I don't know who you think you are, Bryony, but you wouldn't even expect that from someone else. So why do you think you're that good that you could actually meet those expectations? Like I was that brutal with myself. And and then I started to realise, yeah, who who the hell am I to think I've got my shit together? That's just ridiculous. Um, and so because of that, I just started to feel less pressure on myself. I started to talk to myself um which is a sign of insanity in itself, isn't it really? But you know, I still do. And it would be a, okay, you want to have a nervous breakdown about this right now. You do want to cry about this right now. Why do you really want to cry about this? It's not because you spilt the milk on the floor. It's because you, the expectation that you haven't got your shit together today. But how can you? you had no sleep last night, Bryony. So it's about laying it out. I would talk to myself like I was talking to someone else and giving them advice. And I think that's key. It's to, what would you say to somebody else? Would you have that expectation on them? No way you would. And so it was allowing myself to make the mistakes, being empathetic towards myself for the situation I was in um, and the moments I was in and not expecting that I could be any different in that moment because of things that had happened. And, you know, I think for me, I started to very, very slowly accept that it was okay not to to be perfect and have my shit together. And that's why I started the Perfectly Imperfect Mama page because I felt that, you know, it was my duty of care for other people um, to, to understand that you don't need to have those pressures on yourself. But 
you know, it, it is having that dialogue with yourself so that you're not, yes, you'll be self-doubting yourself, but not, not allowing that to take over and, you know, expecting yourself to be constantly on all the time. You just can't be on all of the time. It's okay. And I laugh at myself now. I mean, I think that's key. Like I, I have accepted that I have got quirky ways. I've got, I've accepted that I have anxieties and, and, and sort of funny little OCD things where I used to be quite pissed off with myself that I couldn't control those aspects of my personality. Now I just run with it and, and you know, I make a bit of a joke about it, you know, and uh, I I accept it and it was such a relief to finally be okay with myself warts and all. That is such a liberating feeling to be okay with those things that you perceived as a negative thing about yourself years prior. Like I, I actually love the shitty things about myself too now. I accept it. It's just the way I'm wired and, you know, those things are also protecting me. You know, if you're reacting or acting a certain way, it's it's actually your amazing body's way of telling you, think you're under a bit, of, a bit too much pressure right now. Pressure's probably coming from yourself. Maybe you didn't get enough sleep. Maybe if you're feeling like this all the time, you're hanging around the wrong people. Maybe, the, you know, all of these negative things that your body's doing to you, you might not like about yourself, but they're actually warning you of something. And so that's what—that's why I love them because it's bringing me back to the reality that I've got to change something. Just so, it's just so interesting. And I think so many of us can resonate with those, that high expectation. And it's just amazing to see kind of those distinct moments for you and how they played out. I think a question I've got for you is why do you think we are so hard on ourselves? And yet, you know, if someone else was going through the same thing, we'd be so compassionate. We'd be, you know, so much more lenient. Mm. You know, why do you think that is? And yeah, it's, yeah. Why I, do you think that is? I think it's because people don't think they're allowed to be happy. I think it's a bit of that tall poppy syndrome where you're not allowed to be successful. You're not allowed to be happy because then that means you're uh, not being empathetic towards someone else that doesn't have as happy a life as you do. Maybe, maybe they're not, however you deem success, maybe they're not as successful as you. So it's almost like you're not allowed to be happy. To, to anything positive is almost it almost resonates with us and it's in us to think that that's somehow egotistical and wrong. How, who are you? How dare you be happy? There's so much suffering in the world. Um, how dare you be successful when there's so many people that don't have a job? It's, it's those things that I think make us so hard on ourselves, but yet compassionate towards other people. It's as simple as that. We don't feel worthy enough and we feel that it's somehow wrong and egotistical to actually be happy and, and be content with where you're at. Um, but, you know, if you could look at it this way, again, I, I feelings that are uncomfortable, I always try and take, remove it from it being about me. And I look at it as, okay, you downplaying what you do and I and I do it too. I I, I the whole talking about influences and stuff. Like I, I'm not comfortable with that, but I I accept that that's what I am. Okay, and and again, to me, it's a duty of care that if I actually am happy in a moment or in general, or I do feel successful, or I do feel elated or about something, that it is actually my duty of care to share that because feelings emulate 
to other people, you know, and if you're into spirituality and and energy and stuff like that, um, and I'm not saying that I particularly overly am, but I, I get that those energies flow on. You know, if you're around negative people, it doesn't take too long before you start feeling like shit yourself, you know. So I look at it as okay, I feel a bit egotistical to be all happy and and I've had a great success with X, Y, Z. But then I think, no, this needs to be shared so that one, others around me know that it's possible for them and two, that they deserve to share in that energy I'm feeling right now. It's actually something you're responsible for is the group, the, the people around you, if you've allowed them into your life, subjective to them being the right ones, they deserve your positive energy and you can only give that to them when you accept that it's okay for you to feel good about something. It's totally okay. So so remove it being, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm being up myself because I'm just so awesome. It's not about that. It's about your responsibility to share that with other people so that they see that that's a possibility, that, that they too can aspire to that, that it's otherwise we're all going to be walking around thinking these things aren't possible. Why are we even bothering? What's life even for? You know, it's just not fair for you to hide your success and hide your happiness. Share that shit. Yes. I love that. And I think so many of the women, I mean, listening could resonate. I think we downplay, especially as women, we Mm. downplay. Like, I feel like if a man had had your success, it'd be the first thing that comes up as soon as they meet someone, you know? And I think it's just, it's so strange how we almost feel a little bit like guilty to talk about it, you know? Yeah, that's it. Fascinating. So I guess moving on from there then, you know, Today, as you show up, you know, we see you and we might think, oh my goodness, Bryony could never, I mean, those of us who listen to the podcast obviously know the real you, but you know, just, I guess from social media and from the brand and whatnot, although it is very authentic, we might see you and think, oh, she never has any self-doubt and how could she? She's built this amazing thing and she's doing all these amazing things. You know, you today, you know, what, does self-doubt look like and and do you still get those feelings or do you not? And if you do, what are the strategies and the tools that you use to kind of work through it? Mm. Look, I've definitely gotten better at that because I have made that commitment for, I would say, 20 years to get myself to the point that I'm at. It's not to say I'm always confident about my decisions. I'm confident in the decision I had to make at the time. And that's how, you know, so I may have self-doubt or I may be a bit conflicted about a decision or not sure about a direction. Um, But rather than judging myself over it, I sit with it and say, okay, that wasn't probably the best decision or yes, you're doubting yourself right now, but that's probably because of this. Um, So one of the strategies that I use is I sit on things, not literally, but I'll (laughs) sit with something or sit on something for a day. And so when I can't make a decision, something's not coming to me intuitively, and that's how I base a lot of my decisions intuitively, uh, I'll sit on it. And especially if it's emotionally charged, I'll because you you really can't make 
strategize decisions, especially when it comes to business or, or even maybe decisions around family, like where you've, what suburb you're moving to, what school, like sometimes when it's emotionally charged, it's very hard to make that decision. So I think you need to sit on things because that gives time for the emotion to pass a little bit and all of the rationale to come to your conscious more. So for me, I've learned that that strategy works really well. And being someone who has anxiety, I'm very impulsive. I like to do things yesterday, that does not come easy for me because when I make a decision, I want it done. Um, I don't want to think about it anymore. I want to get rid of the guilty, gross feelings. I just want to shelve it. So it's definitely something that doesn't sit with me easily, but I have learnt that it definitely has held me in good stead to make better decisions when they're emotionally charged. So I, I think if you can just go right that email, I am not sending that right now. I am not returning that person's phone call right now because I'm not going to be able to answer it and speak to them the way I need to. I'm not going to be able to articulate what I need to get across while I feel like this. Um, My children, you know, I've always got self-doubt around how I've parented them um, and moving forward, am I making the best decisions for them? Because, wow, you know, to have the the responsibility of someone else's livelihood and um, health and well-being on your shoulders is massive. And the same with having a team, like a a business, people working for you, you know, having people's happiness and, and, and all of those things that you're responsible for is a massive thing to have on your shoulders. But I did have an epiphany that it's not just my responsibility, even my children, it's their responsibility as well. Okay. So it's, it's, it's their responsibility to make good decisions, not always going to be the right ones, but that's the way they're going to learn. And so again, it comes back to, okay, I might be feeling the self-doubt around how I handled a situation. Is this the right decision, whether it's business or family, but I then, again, it's about liking yourself enough to know that you've done the best, made the best decision at that that moment with the information that you've got, with that subjective person you've got that could be acting in a certain manner um, and with the experience you have behind you. You know, maybe you've found yourself in conflict with someone and you've never had a conflict before and you walk away and go, well, hell, I could have handled that a bit better. But it is, it all comes down to experience and so, I think that the, the the thing I can always say is no matter what it is that you're struggling with in life, appreciate that you did the best that you could in that moment and that you can only learn from that for next time, okay? You can't just have something spontaneously shoved in front of you and be expected to know how to deal with it. I mean, that'd be like me throwing someone on to our Facebook marketing page and say, write up you know, a hundred ads and I want it to, you know, make this amount of money. It just wouldn't physically be able to know how to handle that because you haven't had the experience and everything in life is the same. Um, So for me, I accept that I might have self-doubt if it's a really major decision or one where I don't feel I'm going to articulate the right thing or maybe say too many F-bombs, I sit on it for 24 hours so that I can calmly deal with it moving forward the next day. So many valuable takeaways, I think. You know, many of the amazing women listening are taking them all in and as am I. <laughs> um, no, I love it. So I guess, you know, as we come to the close, I'd love to, there's a couple more questions to ask, but I'd love to know kind of what you would say to the women out there who just think, oh, I'm just not, you know, 
I just, I'm not at the point yet where I love, I think I love myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this world of self-love has been has thrown around a lot, especially yeah. on social media, love yourself or self-care, whatever it may be. And, you know, for the women out there who just, just think, oh, I just don't know if I'm there yet. Mm. Kind of what advice would you give to them? I just think that's okay. Mm. Like, I, I just think it's fine. Like, um, you know, I think that all that means is that there's room for improvement. And, you know, is it um, confidence and your perception of what's worthy of loving that needs work? Or is there actually something about yourself that possibly does really need work? You know, maybe you are not a great friend uh, maybe you don't speak to people nicely. Maybe you are someone who trolls people because you've got, you know, some issues that you've, you're dealing with. Um, maybe you've had some really bad experiences in life and you're venting that in other ways. Um, you know, none of us are perfect and, and look, some of us unfortunately have experienced some things that none of us would ever, ever even begin to imagine, um, some horrific experiences. And so this is why I try and empathise with those that, um, you know, may not like me or may project things to me because I think, you know, I really don't know your story. And rather than, you know, years ago, I would feel that I'm being personally attacked uh, by that person or them not liking me is a personal attack or um, having groups of women not like me was a, per- I just think, you know, that I don't know what it is about me that could be triggering for them, something maybe I maybe I remind them of someone or something or, or something I've said. or So I feel that it's, again, accept that you, you may not love yourself, that's fine. Um, but, again, is it because there's two areas. Is it because your ideal of self-love is very skewed um, and that's because of your perception of what that means, perfectionism, which doesn't exist. Or do you genuinely need to work on something because of an, a bad experience? You know, maybe you've just been dumped by the last 20 blokes you've dated, um, you know, and you're just now anti-male. I, 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 you know, there, there's so many reasons, but um, it's, and, and it's friendships, you know. I mean, I've lost friendships over the years. Um, some have been regained. Uh, some have just, we've just drifted. There's no reason. We just have drifted and then you come back together. But I just tried to not take things on personally because everyone's got their own personal journey that they're going through at that moment that maybe they're not ready to share with you. Maybe they just never will. Um, and and that's okay. It's okay not to be liked by everybody. It's okay not to, uh, it's okay to be rejected because they're not, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the circumstance or something that you uh, represent to them. Um, and, and that's okay because then you're freeing your – I mean, there's 24 hours in a day. There's only so many hours that you can commit to yourself, let alone other people. So when when you are feeling rejected or you're feeling that someone's let you go, take that on as a, huh, okay, well, that's, this is great because this is now freeing – I am upset about it accept that. That's okay to be upset and feel rejected, but let it sit with you and go, okay, well, now I've got more time for those that are meant to be in my life. Um, You know, none of us can manage 20 close friends, uh, plus a husband, plus kids, (laughs) plus a career. You've got to to pick what Mm. are the most important things to you and be thankful to that bloke that dumped you. No, you know what? I'm hurt, but thank you because you know what? You've now allowed me to to open up to someone who actually is going to appreciate me or the friends that have let you go. Okay, well, that's good because we're obviously not on the same page and I didn't realise it, but now I, I know so I can give my energy to someone who who will get me. So I think thank people 
for the rejections. I've got to start thanking people. I love it. It's so just many such, thanks to oh, give. <laughs> so, just so many. <laughs> oh, yeah. And what would you say, kind of a final question, what would you say to, you know, your children around self-love and negative talk? You know, your two boys are high school. I think it's first year of high mm. school, yeah. And, you know, growing up and your little one as well, you know, what what can us mums say to our our kids about about negative yeah. self-talk and yeah. stuff like that? I think look, I think it's being realistic. And for me, you know, I as much as I love my boys and like all mums, I think my kids are the best. Um, I don't prep them up so much that they think they can't do any wrong. Um, you know, I, I know they're going through a stage now where, you know, slowly, unfortunately, uh, appearance is starting to become important to them. Um, and, you know, without going into specifics, one of them was asking me something and I'm like, mate, who are you to think <laughs> that you have to be so goddamn handsome? Like, honestly, yes, you're a good looking boy, but pull your head in. There's other people that are actually going to be better looking than you. And just imagine the boys that are not and they wake up every morning knowing that this is as good as it gets. So you just be grateful for what you've got and stop being so egotistical about your appearance, okay? And then it's the same. Like they, they talk about dating and, um, oh, if I, you know, I've got a crush or I like this girl and, and I'm realistic about it. Like I, I said, say to them, look, that's great. I'm glad that you like her, but just be mindful, mate, that as amazing as you are, there will be girls that don't like you back. And this girl might not, and that's okay. It's just because she's not she's not for you. And so there will be girls that like you that you don't like. Like I just be realistic with them because I think once they know, oh, yeah, mum did say that this some girls won't like me or they're going to reject me or prefer my friend or or whatever it might be, I think that it's just then they've got that expectation that you don't think. I mean, I think if you're telling your kids all the time, you're amazing and you can do this and you're so awesome and look at that. If you try, you put your mind to it, everything's going to work out. There's days where they don't want to. They're human. Like we're, we're expecting these kids who are volatile hormonal combustions of energy to behave like adults when adults can't even behave properly. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So for me, it's just about always letting them know what the worst case situation could be. Um, like when they went to high school, uh, you know, they did have a lot of doubts. And, and I said to them, look, I can promise you, you are going to get bullied at high school. <laughs> Let's get this straight. I'm sorry to say this to you boys. I really wish it wasn't true, but I can promise you at some point this is going to happen. I hope you're not someone who starts it. Um, I, I would be very disappointed in that. But this is the real the realism, unfortunately. But I can also say these are going to be some of the best years of your life if you want them to be and that you just don't let these don't let these moments where you are doubting yourself or someone makes you feel doubtful bring you down because it's quite often a reflection of something that they're experiencing at home um and you know maybe they're not you know happy people and and then you need to sort of almost feel sorry for them mate and and my boys do now they get that i'm not saying they always are great with it there's definitely going to be self doubt for them but just be realistic with your kids so that they feel comfortable enough that when they do fail or they do make shitty decisions that they can come to you and then at least get some guidance on how they could have possibly handled it better such good advice so great oh well look prony 
thanks so much again, you know, for sharing this with us. I, you know, I think we'll leave it there. I think, you know, in the next episode, we're going to dive deep and talk about how we can navigate our business and personal relationships. It's going to be interesting. Thank you for listening to the Beauty, Business and Babies podcast brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. I hope there was something in today's episode that you found relatable and made you feel less alone. As women, we're all struggling with something on the inside, but we're often too afraid to ask for help. If there was something in this episode that you think might help another woman you know, please share it with them and let me know by screenshotting this episode and tagging me on social media at Bryony A. Kennedy and at Adorn Cosmetics. If you love what Adorn Cosmetics stands for, subscribe to this podcast right now and head to adorncosmetics.com.au to become an adorner and receive special offers on all things adorn. Thank you once again for listening and being part of my journey. I'll see you next time.